Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, Seekers to episode number 133 of the podcast God Beyond the Bible, the podcast made by Seekers and for Seekers. And before we get into our last episode on the enigmatic book of Job, how about some shout outs? Yeah, our shout outs are to Tatiana, Bill, JXC, and Carmen. We're glad to have you guys listening. Definitely. Our quote has been for the month of October, everything happens for a reason until it doesn't. I think that fits the book of Job. Very I think well. it does. Now, this is our fifth and final episode on the book of Job and what we believe to be the real plot and lesson of this mysterious book. Uh, we want to spend this episode asking some difficult questions and relating this ancient story to those of us who have participated long term in the Christian religion. Do you think it is unfair for us to compare the modern Christian religion to the religion of fear and loss that Job and his friends clearly practiced? No, I really don't. Well, it was a prosperity religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was clearly, and many are practicing a Christian religion, a prosperity Christian religion, that mm-hmm. good stuff will happen to you if you do all the right things, if you I, attend regularly and all of this, and you get, you know, I mean, whatever it is, it's, it's implied. It may not be said. Sometimes it's openly said. I remember mm-hmm. I lost it, a lot of respect a few years ago for a very popular Christian celebrity. Um, They were talking about some believers who were martyred for their faith. And he made the statement, if they had truly had pure faith, they wouldn't have died. I know who said that. And yeah, I'd quit. It was I gave up on him a long time ago when he was meeting people on the street and just said, so so you're going to hell then. Yeah. You don't yeah. believe. Do you believe on Jesus? Well, I do you believe there's a God? Yeah. I believe, do you believe? On, no, I don't. I, I don't know. Well, then you're going to hell then. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was his approach. And I'm thinking. How does how does that not put someone immediately on the defensive? Get away well, from me! I don't want anything to do with you. I, I'm assuming he's kind of a little guy, and I'm assuming he had some bodyguards with him because you're eventually <laughs> you're eventually going to get a punch in the snaz, exactly right. right? You're going to run across right. the right person, and they're going to shut you up. But it's just it's hard to, at the point that I'm in now, buy into that kind of thought i'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys and you you guys have made leaps and strides we know that my journey is very it's very hesitant i make three steps forward and five back sometimes it feels like but i'm, I'm still kind of at the angry stage you know that i yeah. was that a lot of my problems and issues i've experienced in my life have been because of 
being almost brainwashed at a young age. And this this fear, this being taught a religion of fear has contributed to all my years of anxiety sure, and just sure depression yeah. and and I, I will feel of say, hopelessness and helplessness yes. because and unworthiness yeah. that I am nothing. Yeah. And I will say for other seekers out there that I'm sure are on, because I think the anger is part of it that everyone goes through oh, yeah. on that path. Mine still comes in waves. Well, I mean, a- there are things that you see all of a sudden and go, no, I should never have believed that, said that, did that. You know, that was such a. Well, it's you go through a lot of the same phases as uh, with death. Yes, you, you do. do. <laughs> you yeah. really do. Uh, Tabby, I think you're three. Okay. Is it a fair assessment to say that for the most part, the Christian religion is promoted and maintained by fear? I mean, we made that assertion in the deal. So what do you, what do you think? <clears throat> well, I can control you a little bit through love. I, because it, but love suggests that if you mess up, I'm still going to love you and everything's still going to well, be okay. Uncondition- unconditional love but does, yeah. if you're really terrified of what I'm going to do to you if you mess up, you're going to be a lot more lo- likely to stay in line and do all the things. Well, I think that fear and guilt go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And that's the two tools that yeah. the modern organized religion. That, that seems to be the handle that fits all the tools mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, so... Like the religion Job, let me try that again, guys, I'm sorry. Like the religion that Job diligently practiced, is the Christian religion a prosperity religion, as Job's clearly was, and as the Jewish religion clearly was? I, mean, I think for the most part, yes. I think I think if it's not uh, outright said, it's implied. Mm. Yes. I think it's implied that, hey... Thumbs up. You've got the edge. Good to see you in church today. Hey, it you're is, on the, you're doing the, you're doing the you're right on thing. The path. Good stuff's going to start happening to you, you know. That's right. Okay. Is it possible that someone wrote this story, talking about the book of Job, as an indictment against the Jewish religion that clearly believes that if good things are happening in your life, God is pleased, and if bad things are happening, God is displeased with your performance? Maybe that's why they didn't put their name on it. I mean, did you really think about if this was... I'm surprised. To bring the Jewish religion out. It was out, pushing it. Yeah. I'm surprised. But but <clears throat> since it was put in poetry, right. it was considered. Now, understand, we just, we're, we're brainwashed into looking at the Bible as a whole, and it's all got the same meaning. The reason the Jewish people split up the Old Testament was, okay, some of it is law from God. Some of it's poetry. It's, 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 uh, it's relaxation reading. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, but you understand what I, am mind. I making sense? Mm-hmm. They, they compartmentalized it in area of importance and poetry didn't carry the same kind of no. weight that prophecy did. But you but, can still see how they spun it to mean what they wanted it to mean. But, they, they were able to take, cause I have never liked the book of Job and now for this last week, I have been just reading it and engrossed in it and realizing that there was a whole message there I had no idea sure. was even That's there. That's the way I was. Because if you look at this by the concepts that, and this is no hidden secret and it's nothing against the Jewish religion, the Jews were specific about what they put into their books that they made them look good. Mm-hmm. And here was Job, this prosperous guy who through no fault of his own, had this thing happen to him. And then he was even more prosperous in the end. So in the end... And let me go ahead and ask you about this. Is it possible that when this story was written, is it possible that even the Jews themselves inserted the heavenly scene in there? It's quite possible. 
possible. In Very the store. Possible. Huh? Yeah. Is it possible that they, because look how that clouds up the whole, mm-hmm. it just muddies the water. It just clouds up the whole story with that in there and changes everything about the story if you read that in there with it mm-hmm. than you would get any other ways. So this kind of goes with it. For those who view the Bible as the sum of God, a single divine work handed to us directly by God himself, does this approach skew our ability to get the deeper spiritual meanings hidden in the text? If yeah. the Bible, 100%. of course it is. If the Bible is literal and it's divine, it's almost impossible not to get hung up on these stories because it either has to make complete sense or you're going to start questioning things. Well, and what we do in religion is much like uh, Joe's friends, but we just double down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll just double down and we think we'll yell, shout louder, and then in the event, we'll just attack you. Exactly. We'll just attack you. If you're not going to come around, if we can't if we can't scare you into it, if we can't, then we'll just attack you and we'll just destroy your character. And uh, because that way we'll feel good about not having to listen to what you've got to say. Right. Now, I'm set a seven, right? I am. Okay. If we're steeped in the Christian religion, which promotes the entire Bible as one single infallible work, might we find ourselves secretly ignoring some of the conflicting texts, possibly even preferring if they weren't in there <laughs> i'm thinking of jerry clare telling the story about said the woman that was in his church and she was so against drinking just <laughs> and somebody in the church pointed out said well you know sister uh jesus drank wine and she said yes and i'd have thought a whole lot more of him if he hadn't done it <laughs> <laughs> it's funny but you know we can be that way yeah I mean, we can Okay, while it's important to identify ourselves with the main character of Job, how important is it to self-identify with his three friends and also with the young uh, Elihu? I've been all all four of them. We've all been. If we're honest with ourselves, if we were steeped in that religion of prosperity, we've defended it just like they did. And we've, unfortunately, in times when people needed real comfort from us, we handed them dogmas and doctrines and i feel like it's important at least for me it has been important in my journey as a seeker to acknowledge and see those parts of myself and the roles i've played in things and forgive yourself yeah for yeah, those yeah because yeah. that's what just where it you was were. yesterday you can't do you can't I you can't well. turn back the page and, and undo anything that you've done and everything that you've done makes you exactly who you are so exactly so is the real underlying theme of the book of Job that loss comes to all of us from time to time, regardless of our religious beliefs or affiliations? I think, uh, I think uh, reality proves that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. I have to agree with that. Um, now, I think your faith comes in on how you handle these situations and if you're a prosperity believer it's very hard if you're if you subscribe to the prosperity religions that are around today it's very hard when adversity comes to deal with that in any meaningful way because the only thing you're thinking of this had to come because i'm doing something wrong and if you think of god as that way that he's punishing you it's hard to really look at that spirit as your comfort now remember job's friends he's just getting your attention and uh-huh. showing you your sin. He's pointing out your sin but to the you. Person He's who getting is, your attention. It's hard for the person who's punishing you to also be your comforter and yeah. the one who's going to help true. you through it. That's a yeah. good point. So how much of the frustration and anger between all the characters of this story do y'all think was rooted in the fact that if Job's claim of innocence was true, 
then the very foundation of the religion had been compromised. How does that relate to the modern organized Christian religion? That's exactly where we are right now. If the, and, and look, history, our, guys, it's a fact. Our Bible has man's religious fingerprint all over it. I. It was designed to promote a religion doesn't mean that the writings in it none of them are true it doesn't mean but right now that's exactly where the church is the church is doubling down that the bible is the inspired divine word now inspired it maybe i agree with inspired mm-hmm. but that the bible is a divine mm-hmm. word of god it's a divine work and every mm-hmm. word in it it's infallible it never contradicts itself it doesn't contradict the character of god and when you put all of your eggs in that basket and then you live in a society of the age we live in now where you, we can really all research how mm-hmm. we got this book and all of the politics involved and the world empires involved and motivated in doing this. We have to be, we have to just plug our, put blinders on and plug our ears not to realize that we've got the wrong end of this. But now, since the Christian religion has placed all of its bets Mm-hmm. on sustaining that you've got to sustain the myth you've I got think, to keep the myth alive if you can't keep that one myth that your whole foundation is built on alive it all crumbles and that's a, what job's friends and that's what job's friends were facing we've got to defend this yeah. one point because all of our religion counts on it there's a quote that says when it's all or nothing nothing's what you get yeah Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the Christian religion has put itself with the divinity of the Bible. Well, who's number? You. What you number are am I? Eleven. Okay. <laughs> what is your personal take? Is the Book of Job a hundred percent true event? Is it an ancient story that has its basis in a real event, but was shared and evolved for generations until someone wrote it down? Is it a poetic uh, and literary story, uh, as many of the books and literary poetry of the Bible clearly are? Is it a parable of the like which Jesus often used to get his audience to step back and consider a topic or a subject? I really feel like personally that the book of Job was probably created over time and grew as a way to explain people's tragedies. Well, let me sit down here. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a man named Job. Yeah. I can't help but think that it was completely just a literary work that... I think some very enlightened person, this is just my yeah. opinion, yeah. came up to show the flaws in the Jewish faith and in, and in they, our faith. And like we do today, they did it through the arts. Mm-hmm. They did it through literature and poetry, song, music. Yes. I would point say out that that's the eels, Point out the eels, and that's good. That's as good as any. Okay, so how many of us, especially those of the Christian religion, when something bad occurs in our lives, have difficulty overcoming our program that it happened because we failed to perform our religion to a satisfactory level? In other words, did this bad thing happen because I have hidden sin? We've talked about so many times that I was stuck in that loop for the longest time. If my kids got sick, oh, well, I did something. What did yeah. I do wrong? What was I thinking? What's what God, did why I, is God letting this happen Why am to I me? being punished? Yeah. And I did that a long time with church. I got up and went to church because I... You're going to hedge your bets? Yeah, going to hedge your bets? Insurance, I didn't want to be there. policy? Were you making a payment on the policy? I was. <laughs> and I that's have, all I was doing. And I have a friend right now who is going through a pretty tough situation. And she's like, well, I guess I need to go back to church so we can get through this. 
because she feels like that's the only way to get through the situation is to start getting God back in her favor. And the only way to get God back in your favor in your life, we are taught, is to assemble, to go to the church. Yeah. Because that... And, and start that, checking that off the list. That we're taught we have to pick him up and take him from the church if we want him. You know, yeah. we have to... Go buy him like at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> Tabby, I think you're 13. Okay, well, there are a couple of instances where Jesus was confronted with this ancient belief system, and his reaction speaks volumes. In John 9, verses 1 through 3, we read, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Now, what religion were the disciples operating under? They were Jewish, of course. The prosperity religion, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because this had to happen to him. This is tragic. So there has to be an explanation, and that explanation has to be somebody sinned. Yeah, I mean, somebody the disciples offended God. were... Somebody hacked God off, and this is the result. So can we see how they're still steeped in that misguided belief system of fear and loss that Job and his friends were suffering from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sure. The disciples. You're 15. I'm 15. I'm sorry. The blind guy uh, could have easily been Job, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Could Jesus have spoken the same words to Job's friends concerning his suffering? Yes. I think so. Definitely. <laughs> Another interesting thing that Jesus said on this topic can be found in Luke chapter 13. Verses 1 and 2 reads, About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices in the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? Now, there's there's where we need to st- stop that passage, and I'll, I'm fixing to read why. Mm-hmm. Let's just ask that question. So do you suppose... They're worse sinners than everybody else because how many times do we do that? Well, Katrina hit New Orleans because <laughs> have you I heard people yes, say that yeah. outright that Katrina back when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, it was God. Yeah, wildfires in California, yeah, saying it right all now. over the. Yeah, we're hearing it right now. So verse three says that Jesus said, "Not at all." But for some reason, our English Bible has Jesus contradicting himself by saying, not at all, and you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn Now, do to you God. see how that putting that in there? Why would Jesus talk out of both sides of his mouth? To confuse people is the only reason there would be for a statement Because like first that. he says, do you suppose this happened because they were bad people and because and Jesus said not at all. But then to turn around and say, but it's going to happen to you if you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, wait a minute. You, see, you see the fingerprint of man. You exactly see the fingerprint that. of man's religion. In my mind, Jesus never contradicted himself. But Jesus was smart and he was a public speaker. And you turn around and say one thing and then turn around and say the other. Jesus would have been known of a man of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. You just. I just, I hear this sort of. So do y'all think that those Galileans were worse than all the other people in Galilee? Is is that what you think happened? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not it at all. And then verse, we just start adding. And things. then verse four, he talks about another event. And what about the 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? And of course, again, in verse five, 
Jesus making a statement that seems to nullify the impact of his point. No, and I tell you again that unless you repent, you'll perish too. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> That's completely opposite of the point Jesus is making. Yep. Am I being... I, I understand completely, but that is where so much of the confusion, because yeah. we, like you said, that Bible... If we accept it as infallible, that no, there were no marks by then, human man then Jesus, on it. Then Jesus said, okay, that tower uh-huh. didn't fall on those people because they were bad people. It just fell because they, poor construction. They weren't very good construction workers. Right. So that's but, not true. But some bad fate like that's going to happen to you if you don't straighten up. I was going to say, but exactly. the next tower's falling on you if yeah. you don't get your life together. Now that together. just doesn't make a, see how we can just take mm-hmm. and and manipulate uh, to me and my, you say, well, then you just want to accept one part of the, no, I'm saying if it's not in the character, if it doesn't make sense, it's because it doesn't make sense. That's exactly yes. right. <laughs> so here again, the reason for Jesus bringing up the topic is to show the disciples the error of thinking that tragedies, like the man who was blind from birth, the folks that Pilate killed in the temple and the construction workers who the tower fell on or the character we know as Job were results of a failure to perform to God's standard or in short, a result of some hidden sin. We sincerely hope that our month-long efforts of chipping away at these long-held but erroneous beliefs that only bad things happen to bad people and good things only happen to good people will be of some benefit to you. We believe that it is the simple lesson we need to take away from the book of Job. Us of, as vulnerable as vulnerable as it makes us to um, feel to admit it, tragedy comes to all of us. It's no respecter of persons. What makes tragedy so difficult for us in the Christian religion is that we still labor under those ancient beliefs that our practice of religion should give us advantage over those who don't. And we say that all the time, don't mm-hmm. we? If they would just get in church. Yep. Get your life together. Yeah. The reason I had to correct Tracy on that, as vulnerable, is because there's a misprint that says us vulnerable <laughs> instead of as vulnerable. <laughs> I That's thought I, I got all of them. Yeah, that, that, and that was one that we missed. Well, remember our quote for this series. Everything happens for a reason until it doesn't. And then we must face the thing we always feared would happen, the thing we dreaded most. God and spirituality are here to help us cope and deal with adversity not to ensure us or isolate us or insulate us against it. So until next time, may the unconditional grace, peace, and love of Yeshua be on in and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, Or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com. Or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.